Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you, of course, by our pro members at rosterwatch.com. Go to rosterwatch.com today and sign up for a pro membership, the cheapest premium membership in the fantasy industry that gets you access to all of our DFS tools, the Hyper DFS lineup generator, the DFS cheat sheet, the Vegas tool, snap counts, touches, targets, touchdown dependency, uh, the Epic Matchup tool, all trash man's fantasy fallout, his flex rankings, etc., DFS, season-long, Dynasty, we have you covered at rosterwatch.com. It's because of our pro members that we can have this podcast. Um, If you're not a pro member at Rosterwatch, why not? Go get a pro membership, please. It it supports the podcast. It supports us. It keeps the lights on. It feeds our kids, (laughs) if if I want to make you feel bad about it. I got two little kids I got to feed. But if you can't do that, look, this relationship can't be all give from us and absolutely nothing from you. So at the very least, give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. We look at the analytics every week. We see the number of you that are listening. We're so happy that the audience is growing. But God damn, man, get like, go, go give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. Once we get up to 500 ratings and reviews, we will um, give away a, uh, like three or four more pro memberships to Roster Watch Pro. We did it when we got up to 400, and we should be at 500 within about a month or so. So if you want a free pro membership, the best way to get it is by going and giving a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. All right, so this is the DFS Breakdown. Again, my name is Alex Dunlap, editor-in-chief at Roster Watch, host of the Roster Watch radio show on Sirius XM, 7 to 9 p.m. Saturday nights, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the game day edition. Um, and this podcast, man, is just, jeez, it is hard to get this thing in uh, with my Saturdays between my Roto Grinder show uh, you know, between getting the snap counts, touches, and targets tool up, or not that, getting the Vegas tool up, which is now it has 105 props in there. We'll talk about some of the ones that really stand out. And then also, of course, having radio in the afternoon. But we're going to go through it as quickly as we can, give some uh, supplemental advice that goes in addition to the tools up at Roster Watch. As mentioned, the cheat sheets are up for DraftKings and FanDuel. The Hyper DFS lineup generator pulls from those cheat sheets and helps you figure out ways to maybe get off some of the chalk lineup constructions that you've been considering all week. Uh, and the Vegas tool is something that you need to look at every single week and just consider the, the players that are major outliers with the, what the books have um, laid out for their props via rushing, receiving yards, receptions, and touchdown odds via our uh, formula there in the Vegas tool we find out basically who the Las Vegas sportsbooks feel are the biggest values of the week. And when there are huge outliers, those are players that you have to consider. So we will talk about all of those right now as we go through this slate, this DFS edition of the podcast. And like I mentioned, just try and get through it quick because I'm fucking goddamn swamped. All right. Denver at Green Bay. This game uh, opened up as a 43.5 over-under, now sitting at 43. It looks like 69% of the public bets are on the under, along with 62% of the money. As far as the actual sides, 65% of the bets are on Green Bay, but only 44% of the money, indicating sharp support here for the Denver Broncos. I I mean, I don't know where my interest in this game really is. Is I, I mean... You've heard people this week probably talk about Aaron Jones. I think he's a fine play, um, especially since if you're going to be getting off the Dallas defense or the New England defense this week, which I don't necessarily recommend. Uh, I I think in tournaments I'll be allocating 
um, probably 25% each to the Cowboys and to the uh, Patriots, maybe 20% San Francisco, 20% Green Bay, and 10% Minnesota is where I think I'm leaning right now for uh, the tournament lineups that all roll out. Certainly in cash games, uh, Dallas or New England is the way that you go. And prefer, my preferred you know, stack is just the Dallas Cowboys defense along with Ezekiel Elliott, who, as we'll get to, I'm, I'm going to have in most every lineup I have, cash, tournament, whatever. But I, I think that in this Green Bay game, look, you can you can always go – with Devontae Adams. It turned out that he had a pretty big prop this week, actually. A little bit better than I would have thought uh, going against Denver, who, look, their secondary is still good. And the fact is, though, is that Devontae Adams can win in any matchup. This is our number 27 matchup via the Roster Watch matchup tool on the week. He's 7,600 on DraftKings. It's, he has a six and a half reception. 85 and a half yard over under and, and Devontae Adams is minus 150 to score besides Devontae Adams and then that Green Bay Packers defense maybe Aaron Jones with the uh, with the small uptick in, in true running back usage that we saw of him last week despite the fact that Jamal Adams uh, I'm sorry that Jamal Williams seems to be getting more involved it does seem like this team is going to be a team that will lean first and foremost on Aaron Jones so I think if you're playing the Green Bay defense it would make sense to stack with Aaron Jones uh, if you're interested there uh, I think he's a better value and I'm so goddamn prepared for the podcast as usual I think he's a better value yeah much better value on on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. Only 6,900 on FanDuel. I believe he's 6,100 on DK. Of course, you know, the salary caps are, uh, are different between the two sides, 50,000 and 60,000. So that, that's 6,900 on FanDuel is actually less of, uh, you know, it's less of a percentage of your entire salary cap. So maybe on FanDuel you go Aaron Jones, pair him with the Green Bay defense. But outside of that, there are not many plays in this game that I'm interested in. Maybe you could talk me into a li- just a little bit of Phil. I just don't even want to talk about Philip fucking Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's real cheap, but, I mean, maybe if you're playing 100 lineups or 150, you could put him in a, in, in a few. But uh, I certainly will not be, and if Philip Lindsay beats me this week, I will go jump off a jump off a bridge, and you guys will hear about it on the news. Um, Atlanta Indy, uh, this game opened up as a forty-eight over under, now at forty-seven. It looks like Indy is a one and a half point favorite. Sixty-one uh, percent of the of the bets though were on the Falcons, along with sixty-seven percent of the money. So. Um, you know, the, the Sharps seem to be backing public sentiment here that uh, Atlanta should be able to cover that one-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, Julio Jones is always going to be an awesome play. He's got a big prop this week, seven receptions, 90.5 yards. Our model pointed towards him being one of the guys with the most trends at the wide receiver position. The one worry that I have is that, you know, the, the, the Indianapolis defense, Eberflus's defense is kind of like – um, Dan Quinn's down in Atlanta. So it's funny. It's like this is the battle of the bend but don't break. Let receivers, tight ends, and running backs get receptions underneath. Let our speedy 
linebackers get sideline to sideline and, and clean up that mess, right? And the, it's been like that for Atlanta. It's been like that for Indy. We've just seen it over and over and over again, dating back to last season and many seasons before when we considered the Atlanta Falcons, basically ever since Dan Quinn got there. So it could be a bounce back spot for Devontae Freeman, who's looked like complete shit. Um, he looks like he's crapped his pants every time you see him out on the football field. You wonder what's wrong with him. Um, but he was the best running back in all of fantasy back in 2015. Uh, there's no more Tevin Coleman there. Ito Smith not biting into that much of the workload yet. And, uh, I mean, whether it seems like it or not, Devontae Freeman is still dominating the passing game work. So if these guys can get down into the red zone, they can get down into within the five-yard line. We've seen the way that this team leans on Devontae Freeman. They just need to do a better job getting down there. I think in the Dome there in Indy, uh, this is a spot where this offense can probably get something done. You worry a little bit with Julio Jones, though, as, I'm, as I get back to it in this winding way. Just, you know, how he could be limited downfield. And maybe that shouldn't be too big a worry after we saw on Monday night. I mean, that was a little screen pass that he took home at the very end of the game, Julio Jones, for that big 52-yard touchdown that you know saved, your, saved everybody's bacon if we were Julio Jones owners um, that week and, and led to him going off for the absolute monster. They can, they can get him schemed up to get him the ball in space. They can line him up wherever. So not worried about Julio. I'm fine playing him. Calvin Ridley is fine to play. Austin Hooper, we talked about it earlier. He's got a four-and-a-half reception, 40.5-yard prop. I love to play tight ends versus the Indianapolis Colts, the same way I love to play tight ends versus the Atlanta Falcons. It's just I'm not playing Eric Ebron. I'm not playing Jack Doyle. If you want to play for those, one of those guys, and you know, go for it. I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather take a bullet to the skull. Um, Marlon Mack we'll need to keep an eye on. If we don't have Marlon Mack in this game, clearly – a lot of people flock to Jordan Wilkins at near men price for the Indianapolis Colts but for the reasons I said and the utilization of the passing game we've seen for opposing um, opposing running backs I will be looking at that point at Naheem Hines for the Colts um, you know T.Y. Hilton popped up in the model as a guy who you can probably play this week but outside of that I'm just trying just off you know, we don't have show sheets here, so I'm just I'm trying to think through it. Off the top of my head, so we talked about Devontae. We talked about Julio. I'm not particularly big on either of these quarterbacks just because there are others that are in just terrific spots. Um, you can play T.Y. Hilton. You can play Ridley. Who would ever play Sanu? Who the, who the hell would ever play Doyle or Ebron? Hooper, I think, is a fine play if you're paying down at um, tight end and, and don't want to go with Greg Olson, who we'll get to. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that that game's fine, but there, there are certainly others that I'm, you know, I'm more focused on and that our model likes a little bit more. One of them, certainly, the, the game of the week, the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. This game opened up as a 51.5 total, now up to 52, and I'm surprised that this total is is climbing because now we're getting word that there could be bad, bad rain, so keep an eye on that. I don't give a shit about rain, Um I do my show on Roto Grinders with this dude Derek Cardi that has this system called the Blitz. You might have heard of him. He, like he invented the bat, and it's like a baseball projection system. So he he takes weather into big time consideration, and he says that the back testing he's done has shown that overall rain, you know, over a matter of decades, because he's real into sample sizes, um, is detrimental to the passing game. But I mean, I just think anecdotally, it's like the offense knows where they're going. It's the defense that doesn't know where they're going. It seems like they should be the ones more worried about their footing. 
regardless, I mean, you got to love Lamar Jackson in this game. You have to love Marquise Brown in this game. We saw after week one, Marquise Brown only playing the 14 snaps and um, not, you know, not getting any playing time, but getting everything done on only like five receptions. And then we see him now, you know, getting all the playing time and just hogging all the targets. Both he and Mark Andrews are certainly squarely in play. Mark Andrews more so on DraftKings, where he shows up as the top option on the Vegas tool this week. He has a five reception, 70.5 yard prop, and he costs 4,600. I mean, that is 3.29x value on 4,600 if, if and he's plus 185 to score. So if you look at all of that, you know, the Las Vegas Sportsbooks thinks he is, he is woefully underpriced. Um, oh, do you know what I didn't mention in the, in the Denver, uh, Green Bay game? Now that I'm looking at the Vegas tool, um, em- Emmanuel Sanders on the, on the Denver side. So, um, he's really high up on the Vegas tool and our model likes him. So I just reminded now because he is number two on the Vegas tool here and I did not want to leave him out. Um, of, of that preview, call that a preview, whatever that was of the Denver-Green Bay game we did earlier. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is, is a good play, just 4,800 on DraftKings. Um, but anyway, back to Baltimore, Kansas City. Uh, Andrews, Marquise Brown, Lamar Jackson. You can bring it back on the other side with Sammy Watkins. He had 13 targets last week. Uh, no way I'm going to pay 5,200 for Demarcus Robinson. I just It feels so point-chasey to me. It feels like I'm chasing points. Uh, I would rather play Miko Hardman at 5,000 every day of the week. Of course, Mahomes is in play. Of course, Travis Kelsey's in play. It doesn't take anybody, it doesn't take anybody with any special knowledge to tell you that those guys are good plays. But this is a game that I'll be stacking. It's a game that I'm interested in stacking. And when I'm stacking this game, it will be with either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, either Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and then some variation of wide receivers that almost always consists of Marquise Brown, and Sammy Watkins, along with the, you know, mixing in Nicole Hardman. I'm not paying up for Demarcus Robinson, which could bite me in the there, There's a good chance that could bite me in the ass. I'm not doing it, though. It just is not in the cards for me. If it's in the cards for you, that's, that's fine. It's nowhere near as dumb as playing some of these other idiots we've talked about. It's going to be an awesome game. That's, a, that's the game of the week. Cincy at Buffalo, um, the winless Cincinnati, winless Cincinnati versus undefeated Buffalo. Buffalo started out as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Now they're up to uh, six-point favorites in this game. We have 54% of the public bets on Buffalo along with 45% of the money. So a little bit of sharp support there for the Cincinnati Bengals because Zach Taylor's looked good as, uh, as, as, as the offensive play caller and new head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think the biggest note in this game is Frank Gore. He's only 4,400 on, uh, on DraftKings. Now with Devin Singletary out in this one, this is our number two matchup of the week via the Roster Watch matchup tool. Frank Gore's got a, a prop of 70.5 uh, rushing yards for his over-under, along with an 11.5 receiving yards over-under, 1.5 reception over-under, and he's plus 110 to score. So that basically puts him as the fifth-best value on the DraftKings slate and puts him as the fourth best value on the FanDuel slate. So he's old, he's decrepit, he's the mummified corpse of his former self, but I will be playing some Frank Gore uh, this week in Daily Fantasy for sure, uh, just because there are other you know high-end players that I'm interested in getting in. Um, you know, on the Buffalo side, you can always play Josh Allen and stack him with John Brown. I would recommend playing Josh Allen, John Brown, and... Um, Frank Gore all in the same lineup just because how much, uh, you know, how much can we really expect 
this offense to you know produce from just a, a pure you know counting volume um, pers- perspective. I think that if you know one of those guys absolutely goes bananas for you in the tournament, it's probably going to mean uh, you know a lesser projection for one or more of those others. And um, Josh Allen's got a pretty good rushing prop in this game. I think it was 38.5 rushing yards. So uh, he can get that done with his legs as well. On the Cincinnati side, I'm not playing Joe Mixon. His his prop was pretty pitiful this week. I mean, he only has a 47.5-yard rushing prop. That I mean, this is versus the number 10 matchup of the week. That's one that I'm actually just thinking about betting the over on. Um, but you know, that being said, I just I, I don't think I don't think I'm going to go there. There are other players in that kind of 5K to 6K range that I have more interest in. Um, mainly, Jesus Christ, I, I didn't even mention him. I'm going. I'm, I have to go back a game again and talk about Baltimore KC. I, I didn't mention. I got buried the lead. Damian Williams is out. That means Lashawn McCoy or Darwin Thompson. So Shady McCoy is like 5K on DraftKings. He's 5500 on FanDuel. Um, certainly you need to be thinking about him uh, versus Baltimore. It's not a great matchup on paper as far as the personnel, but the matchup as far as the you know, projected game flow and the total, those are all really good things. No Damian Williams. Uh, Shady McCoy is a great play, and then you can always do a dart throw on, on uh, Darwin Thompson. I'm not going to play Darrell Williams just because he's too slow and he's a slug, and I just uh, – I find it hard to imagine a game script where he's going to get to 20 points. And even out of these guys who I get for, you know, 3.5K or something like that, I'm not playing them because I want eight points. I'm playing them because I think they have upside to give me 20. And that's why I'll usually in tournaments be more likely to pay, pay down at wide receiver than I will at, at running back because it's just very, very, very – I mean, unless it's one of these weeks where all of a sudden, you know – from a year or two ago where like Gio Bernard all of a sudden was like 3,800 and you just had to, you had to smash him in because Mixon was going to be out. It's just, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these running backs that are priced down, they're not always the, you know, they're, they're not always free squares to get to tournament value. If they're kind of feel like free squares to get to cash value and Daryl Williams doesn't even feel like free square to get to cash value. What the fuck game was I even talking about here? Jesus Christ, get your shit together, Alex. Um, oh, yeah, Cincy at Buffalo. So on the Cincy side, uh, Tyler Boyd, I noticed, is, is basically the same price on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings, making him a, a pretty interesting play over there. Um, uh, just, you know, John Ross, I'm not going to – I am not going to continue to, to, to buy into this. I don't think that, you know, this is a tough matchup this week versus Tredavious White. So uh, inside, Tyler Boyd out of the slot will be protected from that. Don't think I'm going to go with John Ross in this one. Look, my interest here is in Frank Gore. I'm interested in Frank Gore in this game on the other side. Um, Interested in Tyler Boyd. Of course, I'm always interested to have some Josh Allen to John Brown stacks. New York Jets at New England Patriots. So this total opened up at 48. Now it is down to 43.5. The Patriots have gone from 16-point favorites to three touchdown favorites in this game. It's just like last week. I mean, it could be a Sony Michelle monster. It could be like, I mean, you could play Tom Brady. I mean, Josh Gordon is cheap. Philip Dorsett is so cheap. Julian Edelman's probably cheaper than he should be uh, here in this spot. But, you know, I have the same concerns that a lot of people do. They're 21-point favorites. What if they just run the football? You know, so Sony Michelle. Um, 
Rex Burkhead both showed up on the FanDuel cheat sheet. Our, our model likes them for that. I think that's probably fine. Uh, Sony Michelle got there for you last week, and Jesus, if you stacked him with the New England defense, that was how you cashed. The New England defense is still in play. I'm playing a ton of them. They're playing against Luke Falk at home. Uh, it's just, I mean, it, it's the, I don't. Even, I might take the under in this game and just you know, just because maybe the. I mean, the Patriots could win this game like 38-0. to zero. So a lot of Sony Michelle. Josh Gordon, like I said, is cheap. Maybe this is a game where Tom Brady comes out and he says, you know what, do you want to talk, keep talking about that fucking malcontent Antonio Brown that's not even on our football team anymore? I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw three touchdowns to Josh Gordon in this game. <laughs> could you see it? I think a Josh Gordon, Tom Brady stack in this game is fine. I'll, I'll have one or two, you know, if I'm rolling out a bunch of tournament lineups, I'll have, I'll have uh, one, or, one or two of those, but certainly not anything that I'll be doing in cash. On the Jets side, I'm not playing any of them. Why would you play any of these guys? Like, I mean, in daily fantasy, we can choose from any player who we want to. And even though we want to worry about ownership and, you know, want to get sneaky about sneaky plays, I just feel like there are other spots that we can we can go to. Detroit at Philadelphia. This thing opened up as a 49.5 total. It's now down to 45.5. Philadelphia is five-point favorites after opening as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. That probably has to do with the fact that Deshaun Jackson is out. At the time of this recording, I've been doing the Vegas tool and doing shows all day long. So I don't know if we've gotten any news about Alshon Jeffrey just yet. I'm assuming that... We, you know, he and Goddard um, are, you know, trending towards being pretty questionable for this one. Here's how we attack it. Um, if there's no Goddard, Zach Ertz is just a, I mean, even if there is, Zach Ertz is just a, a really, a really good play with no Deshaun Jackson. And with the wide receivers, it looks like it, you know, Nelson Aguilar in cash games, I think in DFS in cash games, you're going to probably want to play him because your opponents are going to play him. And if he gets 10 targets, you're going to be fucked because he's so cheap and uh, the general lineup construction on DraftKings, where people pay down for Kyle Allen, which we'll get to uh, in cash, you know, they play, they play Zeke and they play either Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin. And then they play Aguilar, you know, that allows you to get like Keenan Allen and then one other sort of pay down ish wide receiver maybe like a Larry Fitzgerald I think he'll be pretty chalky and popular this week as well and would go well actually with that lineup I just that cash lineup I just said because it would be bringing it back from the Kyle Allen Christian McCaffrey stack which you could definitely do there in that game Uh, we're going to talk about that game it's it's a it's a really interesting one but um back to what I was talking about is I'm developing Alzheimer's in my young age what the fucking game was I even talking about oh all right so so Detroit and Philly um, Philly is, believe it or not, Miami's not our number one matchup for opposing. Oh, I think it is. Is Philly our number one matchup for opposing wide receivers? I think it's number two behind Miami. And whatever, they're putrid. Philly's putrid. You can play Kenny Galladay here. You can probably play Marvin Jones. You can even go back to the well on old Danny Amendola. I think that any of those guys are fine. I'm taking a wait-and-see approach with on Johnson. I know that C.J. Anderson is now gone, but this team is a this Philly team is a team that, that funnels uh, opposing offenses to get the ball out via the pass as opposed to via the run. So 
with carry on, I like the fact that CJ Anderson is now gone and that it looks like goal line work could be opening up. I'm going to wait for a better spot though, because I think this week we could be, we get him on the cheap coming into next week. I think we could also get him uh, with less, less ownership, you know, when we get him in a, in a, in a good spot. So no carry on for me. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think is a fine play. I believe our model almost was able to get him on the fan duel cheat sheet, but not quite. I might have a little bit of exposure there. Um, on the Philly side, here's what we do. So no Deshaun Jackson. The guy filling in for him will be Mac Hollins. You can probably play him if you'd like. If Alshon can't go, his direct replacement is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. We all know that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is an absolute goddamn beast. And if he's able to go and he's had the week to work with the ones and everything like that, I'll be playing a bunch of him as a pivot off of Nelson Aguilar. But I think in cash games, Nelson Aguilar is probably your guy. It's where you want to look here, the slot versus the Detroit Lions over the course of the last, you know, 18 games has been a um, has, has, has been a really sore spot for those guys. And we've seen that, you know, in these games, wherever other players miss, Nelson Aguilar uh, certainly heavily targeted, even though he has, uh, he has shit for hands. Uh, Zach Ertz, of course, we already talked about him. Definitely a play. He's got a very nice prop this week. Let's see. Looks like he's probably a better play on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel. Uh, Ertz on DK. Looks like he, he the Vegas Sportsbooks project him to get back 2.75x value, six receptions for 66.5 yards, plus 100 to score. At just 5,700, looks like a little bit better price than the 6,900 no, 60, 60, over on FanDuel. So probably a little bit more interest over, in, over there on DK for him. Oakland Raiders at Minnesota Vikings. Oakland is uh, nine-point underdogs heading into Minnesota here. We have 56% of the public bets on the Vikings along with 66% of the money, so some sharp support there for the public sentiment. Uh, The 43 over-under has moved up to a 43.5 over-under. Keeping an eye on Josh Jacobs for this one. He got hurt, then he got sick during this week, lost 10 pounds. How that is possible, I have no idea. I've gotten I've gotten I've gotten so sick that it's been like a fire hydrant coming out of both my mouth and my ass, and I've never lost ten pounds from some kind of flu. Um, I I wouldn't mind losing ten pounds at this point. I could I, I could stand to lose ten I could stand to lose ten pounds. I don't want it to come that way though. Not with not with the whole fire hydrant out the out the ass. Um, the. You know, Darren Waller was chalk last week. The matchup this week isn't quite as good, but you certainly always go back to him. He's cheap enough. We need to save money anywhere we can. Um, I'm not going to play Tyrell Williams in this spot. Plus, you know, he's 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 banged up. I uh, noticed the sports books weren't even offering any props on Tyrell, so no real interest there. Last week, Stephon Diggs could have had a much bigger game. I believe he got a touchdown called back, and I know he was overthrown by Kirk Cousins once when he got wide open last week. So the one worry with Cousins, even though he's cheap, he's averaging only 21 attempts a game this season. That has a lot to do with that week one um, just apocalypse where there was only 10, att- 10 attempts in the game. There, Adam Thielen managed to score a touchdown, but still just a, a horrible mess. I do think that Stephon Diggs is showing signs here. And look, this Oakland secondary, you know, this Oakland defense has looked a little bit better, but it's um, it's not anything that I'm going to worry too much about. The one concern I do have about Diggs, pretty bad prop at four reception and a 53 and a half yard over under. 
uh, minus 110 to score this week. His prop was actually four and 4.5 receptions, but it just had such heavy juice on the over or on the under that I uh, that I manually adjusted that one down to four. So in this one, Diggs, Thielen, they're fine. Dalvin, of course. I mean, Dalvin versus Oakland, of course. Of course. Of course. We're interested in Dalvin. Uh, we're always interested in Dalvin Cook. On the Oakland side, very, just very little to be interested in. As I mentioned when I was talking about defenses, I, probably the Minnesota defense what I'm going to do is, if, if for in my tournaments, my rule will be if I'm playing the Minnesota defense, I'm going to play Dalvin. Miami at Dallas. Talk about a shit show. Miami coming into Dallas. 0-2 is the Dallas is 2-0 in this game. Dallas is now up to 22.5-point favorites in this game after opening at minus 15.5. The over-under is 47.5. What is that? What kind of implied total is that? For this way, the ply total of like fucking seven points or something for the for the for the Dolphins. My God, um, the, uh, the you can't play anybody on the Dolphins unless you maybe want to play Preston Williams because we're getting Josh Rosen in this game. Josh Rosen looked to Preston Williams a bunch in the preseason. Preston Williams, a rookie, he's he's he's, he's good. He he fell in the draft because he had you know he had he had um, he had character red flags and he wasn't allowed at the combine. But uh, he's, a good, he's a good player. The Miami Dolphins have just done everything they can to possibly tank. Zeke Elliott is minus 400 to score in this game. Let me say, say that again, minus 400. If you walked up to the sports book in Las Vegas and said, I bet Zeke Elliott scores a touchdown, they would say, all right, give me $400. And you would walk back over there after he scored, and they would give you back 500 total because they would give you back your $400 plus 100 on top of it. That is how sure that Las Vegas thinks that Ezekiel Elliott scores this week. I think he scores multiple times. People worry about, oh, but Alex, don't you worry he's going he's going to uh, get pulled in like the third quarter because Dallas is up? And I say no. What are we talking about? Fucking college football? This is the NFL. And if they do, it's like the old chicken egg thing. If they do, how do you think they got there? It's because Zeke scored some touchdowns. If they pull their players, they're going to be up 42 to 0. That's what, six touchdowns? You don't think Zeke had two of those? The other guy that's going to have them is Dak throwing them. There's no Michael Gallup in this game. Uh, the one good player on the whole Miami team, and I literally mean I think the whole team, is Xavier Howard, who's going to be on Amari Cooper. And while I don't think it means that much for Cooper, while I think he can still have a big game, our friend Scott Barrett at PFF has done really good studies about Amari Cooper's cornerback sensitivity. And Amari Cooper, when he goes up against good corners, or at least corners that PFF grades out well, of which Xavier Howard is one, he doesn't do as well. And with no Michael Gallup on the other side, that opens things up for Devin Smith that had the big touchdown last week. I believe that touchdown came when Michael Gallup was actually still in the game. So they were starting to integrate Devin Smith in. Devin Smith's a good, a good player. He was a second-round pick by the Jets. He just hadn't been able to stay healthy in his career. So he steps in immediately for Michael Gallup. And Randall Cobb's role probably stays the same. So you could play Randall Cobb, but you know Devin Smith's only like $3,400 or something like that. He doesn't have a great prop this week, only two and a half reception, 28.5 over under. But still, I believe in some of these games, I'm going to have Dak Prescott. I'm going to have Zeke Elliott. I'm going to have the Cowboys defense. And I'm going to have the have either Devin Smith, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb. And the reason is, that's how games have gone against Miami. Everybody on the team has absolutely stomped them along with the defense. So... Um, 
Yeah, in any any in any game where I play the Dallas defense, I will be playing Zeke Elliott. I'm, I'm playing Zeke Elliott everywhere. You should too. Anyone else? No, no one else. Giants. We 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 gotta we gotta get going with this. Giants at Bucks. The total, the over under is forty eight. The uh, the line is down from minus six and a half to the Bucks to Bucks minus six. Uh, looks like sixty five percent of the bets are on the Giants, along with eighty two percent of the money. So a lot of sharp support there for the public sentiment. A lot of people betting on Danny Dimes in his first start going on the road to play against these shitty Buccaneers. Look, this is a good place for Jameis Winston to to bounce back from his miserable uh, start to the season. Not that he was that bad in week two, but, um, you know, this New York Giants are just so, so bad on the back end of their defense. Just so bad. Janoris Jenkins is just a shell of his former self. And the way that they've been getting beaten is via these big, deep balls, these big, deep passes. And every, like now, Mike Evans is more expensive right now than Chris Godwin. Or I'm sorry, the other way around. Chris Godwin is now eclipsed, usurped. Mike Evans as the player being priced as the number one wide receiver for Tampa Bay. And I just, I mean, I can't get behind it. I'm playing Mike Evans this week in tournaments. I think that it's a, it's a terrific play. You can pair him with, pair him with Jameis Winston. Um, and then bring it back on the other side with Saquon Barkley and with, and with Evan Ingram. Uh, Danny, look, Daniel Jones, it's just so messed up. They now, every, now everybody loves Josh Allen, and now everybody loves Daniel Jones. Whereas during the draft process, when we were going and scouting these fucking guys live, like nobody else in the fantasy space does, no one, we go and scout the fantasy players live for you, for our pro members at Roster Watch, and we told you Daniel Jones is good. People are like, hey, dude, this guy sucks. How could he ever go number six overall? Like, what, the, what, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Now it's just a love fest for the guy. It's just like Josh Allen. Just a, it's a complete love fest for him. Just after we told you, he's good. He's going to be good. But he's a big upgrade on Eli Manning. I love that this week for Evan Ingram. I think that he's a guy you can play on either site. Uh, certainly Saquon Barkley's a guy you can play on, on either site. So if you're going to play Jameis and you're going to match him up with Mike Evans, look, Chris Godwin's a good play too. If you really want to go kind of kind of wooly with a, a narrative – a kind of squeaky wheel narrative there for O.J. Howard that was not even targeted last week. I think that that's sort of an interesting one. Bruce Arian says that he's been playing like dog shit. So, you know, those public call-outs generally can go, you know, they, they can go a long way with these players. And after games like that, we sometimes see these guys kind of pop out. So, yeah, interested in Jameis, no interest in the running game for Tampa Bay, very interested in Saquon Barkley, of course, and Evan Ingram there for the New York Giants. Of course, go to rosterwatch.com, check in with our tools and our models the Vegas tool, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, before making any final decisions there on that At one. the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should play too. Look, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. 
If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. They will double your first deposit. But you have to use the promo code ROSTER, R-O-S-T-E-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER. Visit MyBookie.ag today and use promo code ROSTER to double your first deposit. At MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Carolina at Arizona, the fastest-paced game of the week. This game opened up as Carolina minus 2.5. Now with the news that there's no Cam Newton, it has shifted to Arizona minus 2. 65% of the betters on Arizona, but only 45% of the money. A little bit of sharp support for Kyle Allen and his Carolina Panthers. We talked about it earlier. I think a lot of sharp players are going to be on Kyle Allen in their cash games this week. Just because if you've looked about how to put together these rosters, um, paying $4,000 for Kyle Allen, who looks even, who's looked kind of good in the past. He's a good player who can run. And he's, uh, he's, been, you know, he's, he's, he's been in the NFL system. It's just, it opens up the world to you. It, like, it saves you like $3,500. That's the difference between like Philip Lindsay and like Zeke. Or maybe not quite. I mean, yeah, no, it really is. It's like, it's, 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 it's almost like that. So I think that's the, that's the reason that we're going to be seeing a lot of sharp players pay down for Kyle Allen, even though there's so many good quarterback options this week for cash. Um, just because of the roster construction alone, I'm going to be adding him into the model for DraftKings uh, over on um, over on rosterwatch.com simply because just what you're able to do with construction whenever you can go with Kyle Allen is um, even just the $1,400 savings from Jameis Winston. It, like it, it makes a big difference. So we will uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he, you know, he, who knows? He, he could shit the bed, but no one shits the bed versus Arizona. These Both of these teams go super fast. We're going to see tons of plays in this game. I mean, on the Carolina side, you can play Kyle Allen in, in cash. I probably wouldn't do it in tournaments. And don't do it on FanDuel. This is DraftKings only. Um, you can always play McCaffrey. You can generally play Curtis Samuel, Christian Kirk. Greg Olson looks like a great value play for, for both of these. I mean, Arizona just look every single week. They have somebody go off against them at the tight end position. Greg Olson looks like he's probably next in line. Uh, my buddy Kyle Murray, who I do the Blitz show with over there on Roto Grinders, was mentioning that whenever you looked back at the Week 17 game last year that Kyle Allen played in for the uh, for the uh, Carolina Panthers, he was looking a lot for Ian Thomas. Clearly, Ian Thomas not in this game, but uh, Greg Greg Olson is. So, um, you know, Olson, you know the the two wide receivers, McCaffrey. Kyle Allen. And then on the other side, Kyler Murray. It's, uh, you know, wheels up, dude. This is the game. Like, this is, he, he gets his first win at home here. And you can pair him with, up with Larry Fitzgerald. You can pair him up with Christian Kirk. Um, you can pair him up with, De, with Demir Bird, the Bird man, in a, in a revenge game at home uh, versus his old team, the Carolina Panthers. I like that. David Johnson, I, I saw, I noticed his prop for the re- receptions was a little bit lower than it was, and I just wonder if he's still going to be wearing that big wrist brace if they might not get him the football out in space as a receiver quite as often this week. With that said, I'll still be dabbling a little bit of uh, David Johnson in for my game stacks of this game, of which I will have many. 
Um, I, I feel like it's a game that you should be heavily invested in if you're playing in multiple, if you're playing uh, in multiple tournament entries. Um, anybody else I'm forgetting? I don't think I don't think so. Let's move on to the next one. Pittsburgh. Uh, we're getting close to the end here. Thank God. Pittsburgh at San Francisco. This game is going from San Francisco minus seven to San Francisco minus six and a half. Somehow, unbelievably, the San Francisco 49ers are two and zero. Oh. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 0-2, now turning to Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't have much interest on the Pittsburgh side. I got to see it with my own two eyes. The one guy I might play is James Washington. We all know about the connection he has with Mason Rudolph, dating back to this preseason, dating back to last preseason, dating back to their time together at Oklahoma State, of which I've watched so much of those two go nuts. They're really good friends. They have a really good connection. I think that uh, you could do worse, uh, you know, as a as a flyer than going with James Washington here in this spot. And then on the San Francisco side, George Kittle's just too cheap. I mean, if you look at him on if you look at him on uh, look at him on DraftKings, it's our fourth best value of the week based on the Vegas tool. Fifty six hundred. He has a six reception, seventy seven point five yard. Uh, over under for his prop he's plus 120 to score he should have depending on how you look at it between two or three more touchdowns this season than he even does just from stupid stuff getting called back and from shitty passes so uh, he had two touchdowns called back in one game that was just the ultimate tilt fest so George Kittle certainly interested there I mean you could always throw a dart with Matt Breida Raheem Mostert any of these dirt balls I'm just that whole that whole thing with Jeff Wilson now mixing in it just it gets it gets me on too big a tilt, and then it's just the the distribution among the wide receivers is just too hard to peg down. Is it going to be a Debo Samuel? Is it going to be a Marquise Goodwin? Is Dante Pettis going to jump out of the trash heap and do something? It's just it's it's hard to really know. So Kittle in this one, and then maybe on the other side some some James Washington, but this not a game that I'm going to be too heavily involved in here. Houston at the Los Angeles Chargers. This game is going from a 49 over under to a 48 and a half over under. The Chargers has gone from uh, gone from being um, three and a half point favorites to three point favorites. So now, if you are um, now if you are laying the three points, you're not you're not also getting that you're not also getting the hook there. It looks like the 68 percent of the public bets are on Houston along with 79% of the money on Houston. So it looks like the sharp betters like Houston in this spot. I, I mean, I think I do too because Houston's the better team. I think Houston's the better team right now. Both these guys are one on one But at this point, Deshaun Watson's a – I mean, it's hard to say he's a better quarterback than Phillip Rivers because it's like it sounds so disrespectful, but come on. I mean, it's like Deshaun Watson's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. He's a virtuoso. Like – the offensive line is just is still bad. Laramie Tunsil has not made them that much better. He's not come in and transformed that thing. And it's a really just tough matchup from a from a from a pass rush perspective for these guys. So it's hard to see it being a huge game for uh, DeAndre Hopkins going against Casey Hayward. But then again, Kenny Galladay went versus Casey Hayward last week and ethered him. And DeAndre Hopkins, we can definitely say, is a much better wide receiver than Kenny Galladay. So he can win anytime he goes out there. Will Fuller, you know, draws one of the better matchups this week. We know that whoever's in the slot is going to see a lot of Desmond King. 
Will Fuller probably gets the best matchup of all, has a decent prop up near 55 yards this week. So you could certainly play him. On, I'm, look, I'm bearing the lead. On the Chargers side, play, play Keenan Allen at 7,000 in, in cash and maybe even in tournaments. He has a seven reception, 90.5-yard prop, minus 125 to score. Um, just the third best value on the slate via the Vegas tool for DraftKings. And it's, I mean, he's going to be lining up and playing a ton in the slot. And the slot, just the Texans have had so much trouble there. They had to fire Aaron Colvin. Um, it's just... It's, it's a great spot for him. Austin Eckler continues to roll. Another guy that just keeps on – they just they can't raise his price enough for his use in the receiving game. So, you know, Eckler is interesting in this one. Keenan Allen's interesting in this one. I think Will Fuller is interesting in this one if you want to bring it back with somebody on the, on the other side. You can always bring it back with DeAndre Hopkins as well. Carlos Hyde is really cheap, and he's getting a, a, you know, a ton of the work here in this one. But this just seems like a game wherever the game script is going to be – you know, we've seen Carlos Hyde in games where they've been big home favorites get a lot of the work. But in this game, Duke Johnson's got a three-and-a-half reception prop in this game. So I think that this workload will be a little bit more split up. It makes both running backs for me on the Houston side, hands off. Finally, our last game of the week, New Orleans at Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks, four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total, 44-and-a-half. 72% of the bets are on Seattle, but only 52% of the money. New Orleans comes in. New Orleans limps into this thing with a shitty quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater. I cannot believe he's the highest paid backup quarterback in the NFL. Um, We could see Taysom Hill in this game. I hope we see Taysom Hill in this game because, look, Alvin Kamara is made by screen passes. And Drew Brees has been like the, the best running back screen pass quarterback that we've seen in the last decade. And t- Teddy Bridgewater just isn't is, – he's just, he's just not the same way. He doesn't manipulate the pocket in the same way. His eyes don't move from up to down in the same way to, to, you know, to, be, to be able to you know, get to that you – know, read wherever his running backs are, to be able to get to that spot where he kind of slips under and slips it underneath to him. Drew's, Drew, Drew's a magician. Teddy Bridgewater's a poser and a fake. God, they need to get Taysom Hill in there if we want to get anything out of Alvin Kamara. Hey, I'm, I'm not play, even against the shitty Seattle Seahawks secondary. I'm not playing Michael Thomas. I mean, if you guys are crazy tournament dudes, like go ahead and play these guys because I mean, a lot of times you win tournaments by playing bad plays. And I'll tell Alvin Kamara this week, Michael Thomas this week. As long as Teddy Bridgewater is pulling the trigger, those are those are both bad bad plays. <laughs> 